0: Hello, Rich Bolus here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka The Child Whisperer, who specializes in treating children with autism spectrum disorder and ADHD using psychology by stealth. Arnie's been on the show before, and we thought it would be really useful to discuss some of the issues that he and his colleagues are helping people with at the moment. Hopefully, having an open conversation about the challenges of family life in lockdown during the coronavirus pandemic, as well as discussing some approaches and tactics for coping will be helpful to families living in close quarters with each other. Arnie and I delve into quite a few topics, but I need to stress that the content of this podcast does not constitute, nor should it be considered, specific psychological advice for you or your child. As with all medical, physical and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this round two chat with Arnie Phillips. Arnie Phillips, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you back. Now, uh, by popular demand... So, um, yeah, it was great talking the other day and, and, you know, you mentioning that, you know, crazy times, there's been a lot going on and, um, cause you, you literally, you're working, helping people through all this as a, a clinical psychology registrar. So what's it been like over the last few weeks doing the job that you do? It's,
1: it's been interesting. Things have been changing on a, at least a daily basis. It feels like, um, just trying to keep up to date with government regulations in terms of how we provide our services, um, who is eligible for telehealth services as opposed to -to face-to-face services. So that's been changing quite a bit over um, over the past few weeks. And then once the decision, or once it got clearer and clearer that everyone's eligible for this telehealth service, then it was from a practitioner's perspective, it's about trying to understand how do we deliver telehealth? What software do we use? How do we set up our telehealth environment? What hardware do we need? How do we have the webcam, you know, having the webcam set up at eye level? All that sort of thing, just to help us shift from not only having a good online experience, but still having that therapeutic rapport and the connection with the client. So thats it has been a real challenge from that perspective, but... That's just putting, you know, putting the practitioner's hat on and being a therapist. But then you've got to move into being the person who sits down with the client. And how do you connect with them? How do you connect with them over a very different medium? But also, how do you connect with them in a very different world that we're living in? It's changed so much in three weeks yeah, um, for everyone, like for kids who haven't had to go to school for, They got the last week of the term off, but they've got no idea when they go back. And then parents, some parents don't know if they've got jobs. If they have got jobs, then they're working from home. Um, They've got that difficulty of having to hold down a full-time job, be available full-time, but also parent full-time as well. So just, yeah, a constant state of flux. So it's been interesting and challenging.
0: Yeah, and obviously the, there's the threat sort of looming over everyone's head as well, uh, the uncertainty as the whether they're going to actually contract the disease or you know pass it on to a loved one or something like that, just compounding everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I guess that brings in a whole other level of anxiety for a lot of the clients that I've got. It's about social anxiety and not wanting to go out in public, not wanting to go to school, so trying to work out how can we get them to school, but That's in the, you know, life before. The life now is another level of anxiety. It's about that health anxiety. So um, I was chatting with a couple of uh, psychology mates today and they were kind of saying that challenge that they would have faced with school, that's gone now. That's not something they're feeling anxious about. So for some kids, it's a real break. But for other kids, their anxiety is heightened. So, yeah, it's been interesting
0: oh I mean, massive I think um, and when you say the the anxiety piece as well, I think for I mean me personally the we've been in lockdown for three weeks now, and the second week absolutely was the the uh, a roller coaster ride and I don't think I actually even was willing to recognize that of course there's anxiety going about. We have so much uncertainty about the future, I haven't got a clue what's going on. You know, long term, when we're gonna be going back. But then, you know, that so many variables were out of our control. And and uh, I, I must admit I I kind of struggle with that. I like tweaking one or two variables at once. Um, but when when all bets were off and, and basically everything was all over the shop, um, I definitely found my frustrations and all that sort of stuff just running rampant. And and the kids copped a bit of it as well. It was it was quite a, I mean, I could see myself sort of losing it with the the kids, mm. not, not in a, a terribly bad way, but just being frayed at the edges a lot quicker uh, than normal. And um, yeah, it really took a while to sort of rein that in or recognize it to start with before I could even figure out how to even try to rein it in. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you must have yeah. seen an awful lot of that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's... That there's a lot of that stress, there's a lot of anxiety. There's, um, I was even reading an article today about the uh, grief that people are feeling at the moment, um, not knowing what the emotion is and not realising that it is grief because of what they're losing. You know, They're losing that connection with their social supports. They're losing that life outside in work or in school. So there's a lot of loss um, that can't necessarily be explained either with that whole uncertainty and the unknown um so yeah there's a lot of those big emotions but as we were talking about earlier today those what we're experiencing now comes off the back of bushfires um alert. And floods and drought just constant dramas yeah going on in our life it's like 2020 has just decided we're going to see how resilient the human race is and throw everything at us yeah
0: all at once <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely i think um sorry what were you going to say
1: i was just going to say let's hope the um disasters that are thrown us thrown at us aren't exponentially increasing either because what's going to come after coronavirus
0: i know given how big this
1: is yeah
0: huge Oh, okay. and and I think the the worrying thing is like uh the guys that I know that work in in finance and so on they're they're just shaking their heads thinking this is going to be such a massive, massive sort of long reaching, uh, hit, yeah. on, on so many levels of society. But from an economic standpoint, like we're gonna have to reboot everything and and think about things totally differently moving forward.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, it's going to be an interesting time, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Now, yeah. With what you do, Arnie, like, what are the main themes that you're seeing coming through with people, like looking for, for you know your help?
1: I think from a um, so most of my clients are um, child adolescents, um, and dealing with their, the parents of those clients. So one of the big things that I've kind of noticed has been that lack of any structure and routine in day-to-day life Um, the fact that as I mentioned before for a lot of schools they finished that week early for some students their parents took them out a couple of weeks before the end of term one um, just given the dangers or worries that um, different people had so coming out of school and going what would have been you know, going into school holidays, either one or two weeks early. Even the routine of school holidays has been flipped on its head because people can't. In you know, you would have had two weeks off school, but that two weeks would have been parents taking holidays, so they've got time to spend with their kids, um, taking kids to see their cousins or to go to grandparents, super trap or go to the beach or go to the pool or all those different activities where you can go and socialize and let off steam, (laughs) (laughs) spend all that energy. Um, They can't do that now. It's a case of, you know, don't go to school, don't catch up with your friends, but we're staying at home. Yeah. Um, So that has been, I guess, a change from the normal when they are at home, there's been a lack of structure and lack of routine that's kind of been I guess the core of the challenges for a lot of the clients that I've seen.
0: Yeah. And I guess with when you go from school, you have a lot of structure at school, you've got your, you know, the milestones throughout the day. And then you go into holiday, and generally, like you say, there's activities, you know, planned for the week or you're going somewhere camping and stuff. Whereas, and, the, and what we experienced as well was we had the, the sort of the, the week thrown in the middle where it was kind of school was sort of cancelled. Four days before the holidays, as well, and you're like, oh yeah, wh- what the heck are we supposed to do with this as well? And <laughs> and initially, Sarah and I, we were working from home, and the kids were at school, and it's like, wow, we're smashing workout, getting loads done, and then the next day, <laughs> schools off, we're like, oh my gosh, oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> it's like from a standing start, we became homeschoolers, and and that's <laughs> a completely different kettle of fish. <laughs> And so, this isn't what I signed up yeah, for. That's right. How the hell does anyone get anything done? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, we were all over the shop for a while, and I think it's because we, like you say, there, there wasn't any structure to it, and yeah. and we were trying to do tag team. Like, oh, I've got a meeting now. Can you take the kids? And and then back and forth. And oh, I've got a meeting now, and trying to fit things in, but there wasn't really any handover. Like you know, the pilot going, you've got the controls. I've got the controls, (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. And whereas this week we did that and we went, right, okay, okay, mornings, what do you got? And so we go, Oh, I've got three meetings on Monday mornings, Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings. And, and so we did like a flip midday. So one of us was looking after the kids at all time and that, that made such a difference. I think mentally more than anything.
1: And how did you, know to do that. How did you change from last week to this week? Was that just luck or?
0: No, we knew something had to change because last week, yeah. <laughs> week two was abysmal. It was all over the shop. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think we've just felt like we, looking back and I did a bit of a tally, I actually got a lot of important work done, probably more yep. important work done than I would have done normally. But yep. I definitely didn't get as much done. So yeah, it it really helped me focus on signal rather noise rather than noise which I think yeah, right. has been really interesting and and I found that but it, but it felt like I was getting nothing done because I was all yeah. I was constantly on constantly off distraction having to make a meal back out there's so much so many plates being juggled and yep. we just felt frazzled at the end of the week and we're like this has got to change and and as we said earlier your point towards routine I was struggling because I didn't have I didn't have certain checkpoints throughout the day that you yep. normally have like you commute to work um, you have your coffee uh, or you go for a, I mean we do a surf check at 11 in the morning and you you know, yep. you have your lunch and you're in control of those things whereas this there was no control <laughs> like we we were outnumbered three to two. And yeah, yeah. uh, it's almost like the three little saboteurs, trying to, <laughs> <laughs> just trying their best to disrupt. And you two
1: are sitting there, <laughs> trying to do your work, and you're like, "Oh, it must be three o'clock." And you're, I
0: know, Jeez, it's <laughs> ten thirty. <1030. laughs> you look at your watch, and it's, "Oh
1: my God, it's only nine What's happening?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <you're> totally, <on. laughs> But um, and and I, know, I sat down. We, Sarah and I had the the chat of, "Okay, this isn't working." I said, "Look, I really need some routine here," and and I know. Sarah hates that sort of routine and so we had a bit of a heart to heart and it's quite challenging because I was saying I desperately need some routine in the days and I think it would really help if we lock that in with the kids as well and Sarah's much more of yeah but what if we really get into something we're in an activity we don't want to stop it immediately and say no we've got fun programmed from 1 30 to 2 30 and, 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 and it's two thirty one, and we need to stop <laughs> come on we're working to a clock here but and i think we totally realized that we were saying exactly the same thing just saying it differently and yep. and really what it was we just need like i felt i just needed checkpoints like i'd love to do and sit down have morning tea with the kids have a cup of tea piece of cake uh, and that's one checkpoint, and then then we have lunch as a checkpoint, and then afternoon we maybe do some painting or drawing as a checkpoint, and that would yeah. be great. And I think yeah. that as soon as we had that discussion, it was a bit challenging to work through. And we sort of smiled at each other, and went, "Oh yeah, we we totally need the same thing. We just yeah. you, you were saying it weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been like, saying that all along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, so I mean, have you have you had these sort of discussions with? with uh, clients as well. How yeah, to, yeah get...
1: absolutely. You, and you're totally right. It does come down to the communication. Um, and you're, I guess you're f- fortunate in the sense that you both wanted the same thing. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, you were after schedule or the checkpoints. And then that was being interpreted as a timetable, but it wasn't necessarily a timetable that you're after. Um, so different, uh, families that I've worked with have wanted different levels of routine and structure and rigidity in their day, just because that's how things work in their family. That's what everyone's comfortable with. Um, so some have wanted right down to, you know, before nine o'clock, it's about setting up, um, setting out for the day. So getting dressed, having breakfast, brushing your teeth, uh, just the basic wake up routine and then from nine until 10 that's when we'll be sitting down and reading chapter seven of the latest book and then from 10 until 11 we'll be doing this activity and just breaking the day up into one hour chunks having it all timetabled having it listed everyone knows what they're going to be doing so that's you know one end of the scale the other end is just complete free-for-all everyone does whatever they want And whoever survives to the end of the day, (laughs) then that's great. You're on the team tomorrow. So (laughs) and families are somewhere in between. Um, One of the big things that I've found has been useful for all families or all clients has been to sit down and look at different activities that they can do in the day. Um, Because one of the, I guess, the common problems that, We've seen, and all parents would probably um, relate to this: is that children get bored very quickly, and they're not scared to tell you that they're bored. <laughs> um, so, it's probably one of the first memos you get when you're working from home is that, you know, workmate three, four, and five are all bored by <laughs> five past nine. Yeah, and you need to sort that <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, or else you're not going to get to your uh, to-do list. So, one of the things that I've worked on with Uh, families over the past few weeks has been to identify activities that they can do across different categories. Um, And those categories are ones that I think exercise or challenge the person in different ways. So the ones I've been using are brain activities. Um, So ones that get the child thinking or even the parent thinking, body activities, so ones that get you out there and moving either outside or inside, but just get you moving your muscles and using that physical energy. Imagination or creativity. So they're the ones that just get you thinking outside the box, basically. And that can range from drawing pictures, colouring in, um, making a play, writing a creative story, to building something out in the shed, building a pillow fort, Um cooking something, any of those types of categories. The other uh, activity type is social. So making sure that you're spending time with your family um, and, you know, having a dedicated time where you sit down and play a board game, for example, or sit down and I think you've been doing art activities. Um, Another one is making sure that you've got alone time. So even though you might, you know, people might think that they spend a lot of time um with others in their day and they for the most of the time they're with others but there's probably points like you know driving to work you're on your own in the car for even if it's five minutes it's just a break from everyone and gives you that chance to switch off um so making sure that everyone can schedule in or have some alone time in their day
0: or physically get somewhere as well like there is a place that they can go stop following me i'm going to the (laughs) toilet yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 and then they camp outside the toilet and still carry on the conversation (laughs) (laughs) um the final category that i've kind of thrown in there to help um, parents mainly is the helpful category so that's trying to get children to do something that they don't necessarily want to do, but understanding that in life there's things you don't want to do. It's just mm. helping them do that, I guess, non-preferred tasks, we call it in psychology, but it's just getting them to do something they don't necessarily want to do, but understanding that from a mood perspective, um, helping someone else can really help boost your own mood. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that could be something as simple as setting the table for dinner or helping mum or dad get lunch or putting my clothes away or whatever it is just doing some sort of helpful activity
0: yeah that's super important isn't it because I think that's come through in some of the reading I've been doing as well for those people that tend to be quite isolated maybe and are and yep. going down into a bit of a spiral, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, getting quite quite down about things, one of the ways that they can actually lift themselves up could be actually looking to volunteer or to, to look to help others, and that would sort of spin back on themselves and pump their own tyres up. Is yeah. that one of the sort of what you mean, Arnie?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And for, I guess one of the things is, one of the things that can contribute to low mood is that sense of worthlessness. Um, and sense of being a burden. So it's that's more prevalent, if you like, in um, older adolescents or adult age groups. Yeah. But for children, if they th- think that they're not contributing to school or to their friendship group or to their family group, then they will develop that sense that, well, what difference am I making here? How am I helping this wouldn't matter if I was even here
0: well actually um, one of the things you, know, you said there really uh, resonated with me because I know that you know Sarah and I have had conversations when the kids are probably in earshot because I mean we we live in a pretty open plan house and and yeah. it would be quite easy for the kids to pick up on some of the context and think oh my gosh we'd be I'm a burden on my parents right now yeah. and I think yeah. we certainly in the first week they probably would have got that notion because. I said earlier, we're all over the shop, but we, that, that could be really quite harmful, couldn't it? The kids actually feeling, Oh no, I'm, I'm, even if they're not consciously thinking it, just maybe subconsciously feeling like a burden on their folks because their folks are totally stressed out and and that must really weigh heavy on the kids. So actually being able to help would be a great avenue for them to feel like they can contribute.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's probably something that's, you picked up on something else there as well is the fact that um, kids are really in tune to their parents' emotions as well. So if as a parent you are feeling that stress and anxiety and that burden of, I've got so much, you know, there's such a weight on my shoulders to get things done. I'm so stressed. I've got no help. It's just for single parents. It's just me locked in this house 24 seven with, it feels like a whole army against me. Um, for those in those sorts of situations just for you know the son or daughter to just grab the plates and put them in the sink that will give a sense of relief for the parents which is then reflected in their mood or their you know their facial expressions or their body language which the child then picks up on so you know it can have that i guess um reciprocal effect where the child's mood is lifted because the parents' mood is lifted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I I definitely, just thinking back now, only the first week, I think we were in a bit of a tailspin because obviously the kids are picking up on our, I think, our anxiety or whatever. And then they would just like it would not ratchet up the uh, <laughs> the chaos until, and then that would exacerbate our sort of how the hell are we going to do this? And and yeah. Uh, yeah, it took a while to actually recognise what the hell was going on there, and sort of call time out, <laughs> guys, 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 yeah. <laughs> something's not working. But um, uh. so I. I think uh, I, love, um, I love that comment you made about non-preferred tasks. I love that. I've not yeah. heard that before. I'm totally going <laughs> to use that from now on. <laughs>
1: Psychology, it's full of those sorts of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Such a polite way of saying, it. I don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so, so these, these categories uh, that you've, you've sort of listed out here, Arnie, you know, you've got brain, body, imagination, creativity, what are the sort of ways that you've you've suggested to parents then to actually look at this? Is it to go, right, just, just pick one and just do that for a while. And as soon as that runs its course, almost just try to flip out of that and go to a different theme. Don't try and do two things in the same vein.
1: Yeah. Um, so again, it kind of depends on the family or the household that it's being implemented in. But the first step is to make sure that you come up with the different activities for, each of those categories.
0: Would that be the night before the you reckon? <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, that's, that's too hopeful thinking. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now to sit down with the kids and make sure you come up with those ideas themselves. Yeah. Maybe, together. maybe
0: over breakfast or something.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, what I've been doing is just, you know, I'll spend an hour with the clients, with the children and, um, just coming up and it doesn't take long at all to fill the page with you know what are some brain activities you can do it's reading writing a story researching a topic doing maths problems um, and once you give one or two examples then kids can just fire three or four out you. it's and
0: then, great then they've all, got all, all those favorite. categories
1: yeah then it's you know it's their idea again it's um, it'll be about forced choice which is another one of those psychology terms but as a parent
0: <laughs> i'm writing that one down too i like that one <laughs> so
1: if you instead of saying no or instructing your child do this you can say well you can either do this activity or this activity um so it's a forced choice or option a or which option one B. You, and as long yeah. as they
0: don't say i'll take c <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. c stands for clip across the <laughs> end, <doesn't it>? yeah <laughs> yeah <or laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that So that forced choice, they'll just take A or B, you're happy, whichever one they take, they feel like they've got a sense of ownership and control in what they're doing. So it's not I'm being told every minute of every day what I need to do. I've got choice as well, so that can make a big difference. Um, as far as implementing it a bit further, so once the child or children in the family have worked out what their different activities are that they can pick from. Um, I'll try and get the parents to put some sort of structure into the day. So even if it is by nine o'clock, we have to be ready to do an activity Um, or by 11 o'clock, if they're teenagers, we have to be ready to do an activity. It's just, you know, what fits into the routine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then once you've done that it's about trying to make sure they get that good balance so knowing that for one child at nine o'clock they're quite happy to kick off with a brain activity they're quite happy to sit down and write a page about the fun time they had yesterday or to do some research on a topic whereas another um, kid might be more interested in sitting down and spending a couple of hours drawing a picture and getting creative before they can start to even think about some sort of more um, academic yeah. t- activity. So it's about knowing what's going to work in the household for the children and in this madness of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, it's all well and good to say it'd be great if you could do an activity from each of those categories in a day. But, you know, the reality is this World that we're living in now isn't anything that any of us have experienced. So, to expect children to be able to get their head around it and function as they always have is a big ask. Um,
0: yeah, and th- um, if that they goes. Want back to play
1: Fortnite for a day? Then let them.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's exactly right, and that's ex- what I was going to say, Annie. Because I think the first couple of days, we I think we ended up with Annie, our eldest, watching, uh, yeah, sitting in front of the iPad. You know, for yep. the majority of the day, and that really, that 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 was a challenge for me because I I really want us to move away from screen time as much as possible. You know, and I see this as a great opportunity to to reinvent that space and and you know get us out of just watching consuming TV or you know games and. Um, yeah. And for the first, it probably went on like three, four, three days, actually. And it seemed like she was stuck in front of it. But what she was actually doing, she was FaceTiming her friend. And because yeah, their yeah. school got cut short, that was really important for her. And yeah. um, and I, I was still, th- oh, yeah, but it's a screen. I don't want, I really don't want them playing games on an iPad for, you know, 10 hours straight. But but it was really important for Annie, I think, to, to have a chat with a friend. Because she went through quite a lot as well in the sense that, you know her birthday party that she'd been looking forward to. We had to cancel that, and so that was devastating for her. You know she's nine years old, and and so I put a lot of planning to having a big Harry Potter, Harry Potter birthday party, and 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 just having the flexibility to to relax my usual stance on screen time. I think yeah. it took me a bit to get over, but once we did, we realised actually, yeah, she she did need that couple of days to sort of just hang out with a friend one-to-one over yep. the you yeah, know the ipad and um yeah. and it worked well but then she's she's come back from that as well once we sat down and had a chat about you know facetime and so uh, well screen time and you yep. know yeah, we've really backed it off and, and started putting a structure into our days where it's like we can get a reward at the end of the day we can watch a movie together at night time but yeah. we're not going to be watching tv during the day and yep. and because we've got some We've, we've signed up for a few streaming things now. We've got Disney, <laughs> Netflix, you name it, it's on. But um, but that's worked really well for the last week. Uh, and yeah. that's made me feel so much better because I feel like, yeah. yeah, they're actually doing stuff now and playing and, and being mobile and so on. So it's been yep. quite a journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that actually brings up another, um, I guess, another approach that's been useful for families is to set up uh, house rules and you know be clear about them so for you it was you know if you're doing we're not having that screen time through the day um but the reward at the end of the day is we get to sit down and watch a movie together um so for some families they've always and most houses would be the same we've all got household rules about what's acceptable and what's unacceptable behavior
0: yeah implicit Um, and explicit.
1: Exactly. And this has all been about making it explicit, writing it down, making it really simple. Um, I've got one uh, client and the mum has just got, um, she's kept it to three very simple basic rules. Not so much for the kids to be able to understand it but because the kids are great at finding loopholes and she thought <laughs> the more details i put in there the more loopholes they're going to find so you know she's gone with um don't hurt yourself don't hurt other people and don't damage anything <laughs> i love it
0: yeah, so <laughs> it reminds she me of great i remember seeing a great wi-fi um Um, terms and conditions once you know normally there'd be like four or five pages when you're logging onto a a, a wi-fi network it was yeah only do good things don't do any bad things i agree (laughs) (laughs) genius
1: perfect yeah (laughs) but um keep it simple yeah
0: that's it's really like just harking back to the the implicit and explicit because i guess from my perspective we were thrown into this situation and I had a bunch of rules that I just made up ad hoc in my head. Like, oh, I don't think we should do this. But I certainly didn't explain them very well. And yeah. we didn't come to a consensus as a team that th- those are the, like house rules. So I think that point about setting house rules or at least having the discussion and, and seeing where everyone what everyone feels should be things that we agree on. I think that's brilliant, Arnie. That would yeah, have helped massively. Yeah. Where were you two weeks ago?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just learning all this myself. <laughs> um, um, but that's that actually brings up another point. And then touching on what you mentioned before about the difference between week one and week two, how week one was a complete disaster and you're in a bit of a flat spin. And then you checked in at the end of week one, checked in with each other and said, this isn't working, something needs to change. We need to have that handover of, who's looking after the kids and who's got a work meeting and what do I need to do when you're trying to maintain some sense of professionality (laughs) (laughs) on the uh, video conferencing. So that has been all about sitting down and communicating needs. Hmm. Um, And that's probably, you know, jumping onto the one of the other things that I think I've kind of learnt over this past few weeks is that whole idea of it's not me, it's you. Um, just sitting down and letting <laughs> someone know here's what you're doing um, or what you're not doing. And it's really frustrating me or here's what I think the rules in this house are. I know I haven't told you, but what do you think of them now? What do you think the rules should be? What do you think I'm doing wrong that we need to like, that's making this really difficult for you?
0: Yeah. That's a, a great point, Arnie. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure whether whether I'd have broached it quite that way. <laughs>
1: have you got the lived experience of it's not me, it's you, but well, trying to um, I deliver think, that message a bit more subtly. Yeah,
0: I mean, totally. Because I think, yeah, the the point that we touched on earlier, where I I sort of sat down with Sarah and said, you know, I'm I'm really struggling with this whole routine thing, and and I had to broach it in a way of said, well you know, when we do this, or, or when you say that, it makes me feel like this. Because I knew that if we had any other way of approaching the topic, you know, I just wouldn't have been able to communicate it effectively. And and that's the first time I've probably had a tough conversation like that. Because yeah. Sarah, my wife's amazing. And like, I've never had to sort of explain something that's been really rankling me and it wasn't something that she was doing personally it was just the way that we had our system set up but uh, to sit down and have that conversation like yeah when this when when we do this or you know when you've done this it it really makes me feel like this and and we went through it a couple of three times and it's a bit of a challenge but it it came up we came out the other end and Sarah said well yeah it is it's kind of like yeah, we just had been saying the same thing, but just in different ways. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and yeah. even that
1: process of when you do this, I feel this, um, for, just for you to have to sit down and say, well, what is it? Why am I feeling angry or why am I feeling frustrated or why do I feel agitated? All right. I know it's because when she does this, then that's what causes it. So and what am i actually feeling am i am i feeling is it anger it's probably not anger but you know what's the Mm, emotion that's underneath yeah yeah am i feeling confused because it's not making any sense am i feeling um undermined because i've just told the kids they could do that or they can't do that and now you've told them something different
0: there's a fair bit of that yeah (laughs) 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 because we hadn't had battle plans uh, agreed up front (laughs) (laughs) and the kids are great like you say at finding loopholes they're like oh i can't get this from dad let's go and have a chat with mom (laughs) the kids
1: suddenly become little soldiers and little lawyers (laughs) 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 yep yeah like why do i send you to school you're too smart (laughs) yeah you don't need this
0: Yeah. yeah oh so um yeah, any, any other thoughts then around like flexible routines and, and you know, sort of the, like, I, I guess, setting it out to start with?
1: Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned before, there's some families who like that really structured, flexible routine. Uh, oh, sorry, actually,
0: Arnie, routine. just to cut across. Sorry, yep. that yep. was the question I meant to ask. Yeah. You, you know, remember right back at the start when you mentioned that someone, some, <laughs> some people really enjoy that rigidity and that, yes. you know, the the timetable extreme. Other people sit much further over at the uh, other end of the spectrum, which is the, yeah. the chaotic side of things, but, you know, free, dynamic, um, you know, faster change. What what advice would you give someone if you've got two partners that are sitting one towards one end of the spectrum one towards the other and normally they work in great harmony because they've got their agreements laid out in the other ways that they've lived their lives but now they're thrown together 24/7 yeah what what, <laughs> what what how do you even start that process do you reckon
1: um so I've had a couple of families who have been like that you know one wants to be one end of the scale and the other one wants to be at the other end um and I kind of look at it from kids perspective and in two weeks time when the school holidays finish and schools aren't opened up that was kind of trying to predict the future back then but prepare for the worst and hope for the best um, if homeschooling was going to be the situation they were in then if they had free rein if kids had free rein they could do whatever they want they had no um, sleep routine They were eating whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. They were spending, you know, twenty-four-seven on their iPads. Then, when it got to the end of the in brackets or in quotation marks school holidays, how do they switch them into school mode when they're still at home? They're still taking instructions from their parents. They're still the environment hasn't changed. Open access to the kitchen. Yeah, so they haven't got that mental or the physical shift that helps the mental shift. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of trying to get the parents to think, because in my former life, I did a lot of strategic planning. So, you know, I'd think about where do you want to be then? What do we need to do now to get there? Um. In two weeks' time, it's not a long way into the future, but it's enough time for the kids to get into that routine of doing whatever they want, whenever they want. Yeah. And then the battle you'd have to face to switch straight out of that from one day to the next um so i was just trying to get parents to think of that and try and get as much structure as they could into today that made it easier in two weeks time or three weeks time or whatever it is so um particularly for uh, clients with asd who don't necessarily handle change very well Um, or some may not handle change, Um, not knowing routine or having uncertainty in their life can be really upsetting. So having a, in theory, a rigid structure that says we're going to be doing a brain activity, then we do a body activity, then we do an imagination activity, then we have a snack, then we do a social activity, then we stop for lunch, then we have a a alone activity just being able to have that sort of a structure. So the kids can pick, all right, my brain activity today is to read a Percy Jackson book. Um, So I'll spend the first couple of hours of my day just reading the Percy Jackson book. That's their holidays. So they're still getting to decide what they do. But then when it comes to school, that's when the parent kind of shifts out one activity for another and says, all right, you get to read a bit about, I don't know some school novel, or you get to read about science or something mm. like that. So, yeah. getting back to that forced choice, but the child's still in that routine of, all right, from nine o'clock until ten o'clock, I'm doing something with my brain. Yeah. So the change isn't as significant.
0: Drastic, yeah, and and they still have some, I guess, agency over what they do when they do it as well, because. Yeah, you can just, like, say, supplant the actual material that they need to be doing for school into a space that they would have been doing during the holidays. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yep, That's
0: great. And we've got we've got two weeks to go. Okay? <laughs> because, like, well, realistically, we have because when when they go back, they probably won't be going back to school. But I'm sure the schools are preparing content for them to be doing. Yeah, um, well, it's a mammoth That's... task for the schools to turn around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think there was some announcement this afternoon, wasn't there? With schools going back or not going back.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a case of going back for a while. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, do you have any... Uh, I've kept you way too long here, Arnie. Uh, we said we'd kept it at half an hour, but I just didn't want to stop. Uh, have you got any final thoughts that you want to add to that?
1: Um, no, I think just finishing up on what we were talking about before with... Um, it's not me, it's you and that the difficulty of that conversation um, So the approach that you took of when you do this, it makes me feel this is a really that's a great approach because you're actually identifying the behavior and then your emotion. So as I said, it's taking you some time to work out what's the emotion that I'm actually feeling here that has been triggered by. The behavior or the action that you're doing. Um, Another approach that can be useful is a stop, start, keep approach. Um, So that's sitting down and saying, you know, you might pick two or three things that Richard, here's two things I want you to stop doing. Here's two things I want you to start doing. And here's two things I want you to keep doing. So, The stop and the start are about saying, I want you to change your behavior. I want you to stop doing those things because they really annoy me or they frustrate me or they confuse me. Here's two things I want you to start doing because that frustrates me when you're not doing those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And here's two things I want you to keep doing because um, you're finishing off on a positive there. It's helping you identify that you're not making, not everything you do is a mistake. There's yeah. some things that you're doing that are amazing and I want you to keep doing them. Yeah. So that can be a good approach because it is difficult to give someone that, um, I guess, a difficult message, a difficult conversation of what you're doing really annoys me.
0: But that could help massively, couldn't it? Just to, yeah. just to, to raise those comments. Like, so, so you're saying stop doing, start doing and keep doing.
1: And keep doing. Yeah. Yep. And if you, um, if you're going to have that conversation, it can be useful to have that for the family. So, you know, if you want to have a family meeting, then
0: so there are sit witnesses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so everyone has a say. Yeah.
1: So you might just decide, all right, tonight it's Richard's night for the intervention. So everyone <laughs> gets to say. All everyone right, gets the uh, whale on Richard. two things I want you to stop doing.
0: <laughs> Well, no, it's interesting you say that because I guess you've almost got to have that conversation with your partner before you sit down with the kids as well, because if your partner goes, "Wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this," <laughs> like, when you, yeah, yeah, "Yeah, I don't want to play this game," yeah. you know? uh, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah so but
1: yeah, you do. You do need to go and give people the heads up and give them that chance to think about it. You might want to set some rules about how far you go, <laughs> yeah, and how harsh get- you are, <laughs> and even saying if you're the one getting targeted. You don't need to do any chores for the day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could totally do that. Well, yeah, yeah, you could have some fun with it. I think... Uh, you could.
1: That's the important thing, I think, is to try and have as much fun in everything. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, God knows there's enough madness around.
0: Yeah, totally. But I think um, um we were discussing earlier today as well, as, I mean, some of the advantages that are actually coming out of this situation as well. Like, mm. what, are, what are some of the ones you've seen, Arnie?
1: Um, so... One of the uh, big ones that, again, and one of the um, uh, colleague of mine I was chatting with him this afternoon, and it's about having that parents having that chance to um, spend time with their children. Um, So for him, he's got a um, young baby, so he has noticed it in his clients who have that opportunity to help manage behaviour change, so be a lot more focused on some of the challenging behaviours that um, his clients are um, demonstrating, and so the parents are able to be a lot more uh, targeted and disciplined in trying to manage that behaviour but as a parent he made the comment tonight that working from home, I've been able to see my daughter crawl, so oh, yeah. you know, witness her crawling, so That's good. that sort of thing has been um probably one of the big things is that extra contact
0: extra with time family yeah. yeah that's a great yeah. point because i've often heard you know um parenting experts say you know there's no such thing as quality time it's just time you have to you know it's spending time that is quality time because it's yeah. it's yeah. it's volume you know just being there no know, them knowing that you're there and and we've got it in spades at the moment compared to compared to normal
1: absolutely yeah yeah, for sure. So, I think that's probably been one of the big advantages, and probably something that as parents you can easily forget or get distracted by the pressures of work and needing to try and get the Zoom functionality working and make sure you look good from the shoulders up and all that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> no one can see um, the ball shots kids... underneath. Yeah, your shirt. yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, making sure that. Um, the kids are quiet in the background or the kids are doing their tasks. So just appreciating the fact that the kids are in the background. Um, I've got a friend of mine who I used to work with many years ago. Um, and she talks about having her meetings with her team. And in the background, her two boys are fighting and wrestling with each other and throwing yogurt across the room. And <laughs> her team loves that. And that, that's she, she's probably um, mute. <laughs> oh, she lets it go. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they've become a couple of honorary team members now.
0: <laughs> they're acting out what the team are sort of thinking. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the team's not looking on with judgment; they're looking on with jealousy. They're like, "Yeah, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could just throw this yogurt <laughs> across the room."
0: <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to do that. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so much fun. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, I love it. Um, Yeah, there's definitely um, uh, a lot of chops to be raised in the whole Zoom functionality. (laughs) I think there's a lot of skills being uh, honed as we speak. Um, There is. There's some great memes going around at the moment. (laughs) um, People
1: will be adding it to their LinkedIn profile soon, won't they? Yeah,
0: Zoom expert. (laughs) Yeah, Zoom proficiency at
1: level five. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. That's fantastic, Arnie. I love that. And it's great to end on a on a, on a big advantage as well. Like, um, is, is there anything else you just wanted to, to add to those, those points?
1: Um, no, I think that's it for now. I think, um, as you say, looking for the advantages, starting the day, trying to look for the advantages can help make the challenges. They're always going to be there, but it can help diminish them. Yeah. Even slightly.
0: Yeah. It's almost like a yeah. stoic thing, isn't it? You know, sort of you, 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 dwell on the, the, the things that could go really bad, and then it just helps you appreciate the things that you've got so much more.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I
0: like it. Okay, Arnie. Well, it's been brilliant catching up with you. We've let's totally do this again because this is this is helping me massively. <laughs> hopefully it's, <laughs> hopefully it's helping the listeners as well. Uh yeah. and um yeah, just really appreciate you taking the time to to chat and and share your insights with us.
1: Excellent. Anytime. Thank you. I always enjoy the chat.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, enjoy your evening and uh, yeah. we'll uh, catch up soon. Oh, actually, no no, yep. um, I did have an apology to make. When we spoke last, I promised that I would get into penuary. Um, yes. Can you just, just recap on what penuary is?
1: What penuary was, it was an idea that we came up while we were recording that last podcast and that we both promptly forgot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, it's, um, I guess it grew from Draugust and Sketch Timber and Inktober, um, but the idea of drawing a picture every day for a month. So we spoke about when the next one would be, and um, I think the decision was that we, neither of us could wait until Draugust, so we went with doing something in January, and we came up with penury. Yeah and promptly forgot it yeah so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of the the therapy you do with the the children as well you do a lot of art therapy and it works wonders doesn't it and and i must yeah. admit like i've started this week pulling out the watercolors with the pens with the kids and stuff and, and i've thoroughly enjoyed it and so yeah. i'm yep. totally in I'm, I'm all in arnie so let's do it again Excellent. let's start yeah. now yeah. but uh, we've got to come up with a name for it so obviously Penuary's past. We're in April. past. passed. Pa- P- April. That's not going to
1: work. <laughs> um, but I feel like we need to embrace something more than just a month. Yeah. Given that um, it's a season, this lockdown could go on much longer. Lockdown. And... No. <laughs> Co- Covid sketch. Yep. <laughs> um, corona pen.
0: Pen. Yeah. Corona. Pen. Yeah. Pen. Pandemic. Pen- yes, like it, pandemic. Yeah, totally. Okay, hashtag pandemic. It is. All right. So I'll take the picture I did today. I'll put it up on Instagram and I'll hashtag it pandemic. Hopefully, no one else. No worries. Will that. Like it. Oh,
1: even if they have, we'll take over. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll just own yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So, so just a sketch a day.
1: That listeners can all get on board.
0: Yeah, totally. So a sketch a day, or whenever you feel the the mood takes you. um yeah. Punch it out on uh, Instagram. Can be in any medium. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, hashtag pandemic.
1: Yes, absolutely. Enjoy the moment of just sketching whatever you want whenever you can.
0: And that can uh, that can tick the box for imagination and creativity from one of the themes of the day.
1: Exactly. Perfect. And if you can, I don't know, if you do it while you're doing push-ups or do it while you're on your own, you're ticking the box for alone. <laughs> a do trick. it while you're doing the dishes, you're doing it while you're helpful. <laughs> There's so many opportunities. <laughs>
0: awesome (laughs) well um yeah thanks again arnie this has been great look forward to the next installment
1: perfect cheers mate thanks rich cheers see ya
0: well thanks ever so much for listening i hope you enjoyed that conversation with arnie as much as i did if you liked that episode please tell a friend if you or your kids are particularly struggling and would like to reach out to arnie i'll put some links to his practices in the show notes Arnie and I are going to record a bunch of these conversations to help families deal with lockdown. So if you have a question you'd like to ask Arnie, or if you have a particular challenge you think would be useful to share, please email it through to me at rich at the dad I hope you stay safe and sane. And until next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage.